Hello, Allison. Hello. It has How are been you? yeah, I'm good. It's been a minute since we've done a BL a BL, you know, review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been too long. Yeah, I'm ready to get back on the bandwagon. So I feel as if you are itching to call me out. Yes, I am itching to call you out. Because a long time ago, I messaged you and I was like, hey, you should watch My Beautiful Man. And then you discovered JBL. And I was like, hey, Beautiful Man. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll be, I'll get right to it. And then finally, finally, you watched My Beautiful Man season one and season two. So I'm very excited because you love them. I love them. Yes. Yeah. And I, so you and then Megan, the other host of Afternoon of Delight, when I was like, oh my God, beautiful man, so good. She's like, I have been telling you to watch it. And I'm like, you know what? I, you did. And somehow I like deleted it from my brain for no reason. So this is all on me. I missed out on Joy because I somehow was not listening to the words of truth. <laughs> but you found it. You found the joy in My Beautiful Man. And, so the, and that's why we're here today. The only reason I did was because you began to just write me like once a week and be like, have you watched My Beautiful Man? And I'd be like, no. And finally, I'm like, oh, God, I'm just going to watch it. Why am I being so weird about it? And then, yeah. <laughs> was it the best drama of my entire life? Yes. <laughs> yes it was I did have to like send you a bunch of pictures too to be like this is why you should be watching this drama <laughs> like, these are the beautiful people you will get to see oh my god okay so I'm just gonna do a quick we can do a very short non-spoiler to make the case for those who were like me and just living in the darkness and then we'll pivot to a spoiler section sound good yeah sounds good Okay, so I just pulled a blurb offline that I want to share just to kind of set up the overall kind of like plot of the drama. And let me just make a caveat that this is just the blurb for um, season one. There's a very, very short season two, which we'll get into in the spoiler section, but I'm not going to like blurb that. Essentially, it's just a continuation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in four episodes. Okay, so with no friends and a stutter... Hira Kuzanari isn't exactly enjoying his life as a high school student. With no dreams and little ambition, Hira's only hobby is to take photographs of his everyday life. With a new semester now starting, Hira doesn't really expect things to change. But when they take a turn for the worst, he's caught, caught completely off guard. Rescued from a horribly uncomfortable situation by none other than the class's, quote, king, Kiyoi Su, Hira can't help the feelings of admiration that threaten to overwhelm him. Despite his best efforts to resist, Hira soon finds himself madly in love with the exceedingly handsome Kiwi. But with such polar positions in the class, his chances of winning Kiwi's heart are slim, or so it would seem. Uncovering Kiwi's secret dream, quite by accident, Hira soon realizes that he and his crush now have something important connecting them. Sharing such an important secret... Will Hira and Kiwi find themselves slowly coming together or eventually driven apart? So this is adapted from the novel He Who Is Beautiful by Nagira Yu. And um, it is a 2021 romantic high school drama directed by Mei Sake. And I want to say this blurb, it 
it's okay. I don't think that's how I would have described it totally. <laughs> how would you sell it to somebody? Okay. I've thought about this because I was trying to be like, what are the tropes that I mm -hmm. feel like really come into this? And I feel like there's kind of three tropes that happen here. And the first one I think exists, but with the caveat being that there is a lot of nuance here. And that is that I feel like there is a little bit of the falling in love with a bully trope, but I'm going to say that's a very nuanced, like the drama handles it in a way that would not feel very similar to something like boys over flowers. But I think there is an element to that, that like I would, I'm happy to get into of like kind of unpacking what that trope does. I also mm -hmm. feel like the trope leans on the idea of puppy love to some degree. And I think that the, what it really though, what I think it does excellently well is how I would sell it is it's one of the best misunderstood hero romances that I've seen. And I am a sucker for a misunderstood hero. <laughs> yeah. 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 I Those are all better sells than that <laughs> little blurb. I think when you understand the tropes that are in it, like that's always what sells me as a trope. Yeah. And what are you going to experience from this? And so I think let's just kind of go through each of these tropes and do that in terms of like a non-spoiler. So the okay. first one that I talked about was um, the falling in love with uh, the bully trope. So this one is complex. Mm-hmm. It can be controversial in romance, and it usually involves a character, usually the main character, developing romantic feelings for someone who exhibits bullying behavior towards them. It can be very problematic because it can normalize, you know, unhealthy relationships and romanticize toxic behavior. But it has a very interesting, like, flip to it, which I think this drama gets into more, which is that it can show character growth and exploring the complexity of emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't, okay, I've seen this a number of times. Mm -hmm. And I see, I see the bully plot line, but I also sort of then see that nuance of like, mm -hmm. he actually protects him throughout the whole thing. Absolutely. And he uses those like terms that he like stalker and creepy as terms of endearment which again yeah. it's nuanced because if somebody were to call me creepy and a stalker then I would be like mm, that's not okay but like you see why he does that and that's actually affection from Kiwi. Yes, so. which I think then just means that what we really want to talk about is the fact that it's the misunderstood hero the whole time because I feel like the first watch you go a, quite a long time not understanding Kiwi's inner motivations. I still picked up on the fact that like he was basically not like very heavily calling out the social dynamics of the class in terms of like his friends being the cool guys. Like he's not like standing up to them, but he's kind of like working within those structures to protect Hira at all times. <laughs> yes, yes. He gives and, him money so he doesn't have to spend his own money. He, it like, stops the, like, when they're going that step too far, he steps in and is like, no, don't do that to Hira. 
or he might even be like yeah he might be like go get something for us gopher but really what he's doing is getting him out of the situation to Mm -hmm. limit the bullying and so there's just a lot of that happening and as the season unwraps itself you start to see more how much that's happening. And then once you rewatch it, now I've rewatched it twice. So I've watched it three times in a week and a half. Um, Each time it just becomes more and more apparent. Yeah. Every time he says creepy, he's saying, I freaking love you and can't handle it. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) when did you, like, how did seeing it from, and maybe this is spoilery, we can put this on hold for later if you want to, but, like, when you noticed, or when you knew we were going to get Kiwi's perspective, and saw then, from his perspective on, how did that impact you as the viewer? Great question. So let's say this. At this point, we're going to just talk about spoilers. If you need a sell, the sell to go watch this is, it's a fantastic misunderstood hero Um, You've got another hero just in the throes of what I would consider to be, you know, puppy love, but almost like a faded mate love. (laughs) And uh, it's high school into college dynamics, but nuanced and interesting. And I watched the entire first season in a single sitting. Because you can't stop watching it once you start. Yeah. How could so, anybody stop watching this? So go go watch it and come back. We're going to talk about it now. <laughs> um, yeah. The what really struck me when we got to Kiwi's perspective was, you know, there were like quite a few things that we start to see about him, like the fact he's like a lonely latchkey kid, the fact that all of his kind of standoffish aloof behaviors, nothing but like protective mechanisms. But the thing that really got me overall in that episode, there's two things and they both involve kissing. (laughs) So the first is when you see him essentially like offer his hand out, like the little prince to like have Hira kiss his hand. And when we see it in Hira's point of view, he kisses his hand and Kiwi's looking away quite disinterested. Like you don't see Kiwi's face. You just see the back of his head. So is it like he's like, come peasant, kiss kiss the hand and like go about your day? Because that's kind of how Hira's taking it and okay uh-huh. with. When they do it in Kiwi's point of view and you can see his face and you can see his little eyeballs like going over and like looking and he's just kind of like can't even handle it. And you can tell he's coming out of his skin. I was dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because that is... His, like, love for Hira is everything. Oh, so good. So So good. good. And then the second one was the kiss, which in Hira's POV is, like, he gets it so wrong. Where essentially he's like, this is, like, a kiss of mercy and, like, a kiss of goodbye. And it is true. Like, later in, you know, we're going to talk about season two with season one, because I think they do go together. It's this idea that, like, what Kiwi has to, like, push against for Hero the whole time is, like, think of me as a person, not as this, like, unattainable being. And so mm-hmm. in, Hira's, in Hira's worldview, which is incorrect, he's a basically, like, since I'm such the peasant pebble that can't possibly be, like, approached by the sun, basically all this means is that he's, like, giving me mercy and casting me down. And instead, mm-hmm. Huey's just taken, like, the biggest fucking risk of his entire life, doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do with it kind of runs away hoping he's going to get chased and shown that he's wanted 
<laughs> like it doesn't happen. No, because Hira throws his phone in the. He doesn't throw his phone in the yeah, water. He drops but it he in the water. His phone in the water, and then he can't get a hold of him. And he didn't know that. Like Kiwi wanted him to call him. He wanted him <laughs> to follow him and be like, let's date. But Hira like can't even fat like you said, he can't even fathom that world where like he could stand with Kiwi. Yeah, like he chases Kiwi down. <laughs> Kiwi goes around the side of the building, is waiting for him. And then is like, you know, what's up, creepy stalker, essentially, basically being like, Oh my god, yes then is standing there and then when we do Kiwi's point of view where he's like please god just like say you like me and here I can't because he's like <laughs> so yeah then Kiwi kisses him freaks out and does push him down because he's just so like frustrated and you know I mean you you told me this too you told me going in at first you were like you know it's kind of problematic then you're like actually it's not it's immature and that's what it is is it's not it isn't toxic or problematic. No. It's that they don't, they're, they're dumb boys figuring out feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that in this scene in sort of like seeing that twist from here's perspective, Kiwi's perspective, like just highlights how immature it is because what does he do? He like kicks him in the shin. That's his public display of affection is like, I'm going to kick you because I don't know what to do with these feelings. Not I'm going to kick you because I want to hurt you. Like in maybe the problematic message is that like, we continue to promote this idea that you have to like, tag somebody on the playground yeah. in order to get their attention <laughs> maybe yes. that's the problematic piece but it's immaturity for them it, it and, is yeah and i think that you know in real this is again the real life versus fantasy life if my daughter comes home and is like there's a boy kicking me in the leg at school and telling me that i'm ugly and he hates me i'm not going to be like well honey that means he likes you <laughs> but watching these two dum-dums on <laughs> you know who both have I want to say how much I appreciated just the complete lack of parents in this drama and I think lately I've been like tired of like bad parents especially in mm -hmm. BLs but I have to admit I just kind of appreciated the fact they're like nah we're just not gonna have like any parents um yeah but part of that also is the impact that since they have such absentee parents I don't even know where Kiwi's mom is basically she was like he was a latchkey kid and we like never ever hear from her ever and here his parents apparently left him to live in the grandparents empty house while they went off and pursued their careers and didn't yeah. really feel like Just they never needed to a high school child <laughs> yeah <laughs> who's stuttering and has no friends and is like this will be good for you tough luck buck right. up um, but I mean, it also shows that, like, I think it lends weight to, like, are they going to have a rich language of emotion? No, like, they don't know how to process any of these feelings. And so, you know, for different reasons, and they're doing it in different ways. And where here is doing it is through some sort of, like, very strange idolizing of Kiwi putting himself down. And, you know, I think in a bit, let's talk to about like how later he gets called out for that behavior and kind of shown why that is also problematic and disingenuous to some degree. And then yeah, Kiwi just being like, I hate you. You're the worst, which means 
marry me and never leave me. (laughs) I don't know. Like, this is more in the second part, but he's like, I, I want this boyfriend, but I don't know how to express that I want this boyfriend. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, how do they have, how are they interacting with each other? You know? Yeah. And I thought that was a great, you know, sec- season two was too short for me. I would have loved to have had it be at least two episodes more. But what I think was interesting was at the end of season one, we finally get them admitting their feelings. <laughs> and then in season two, we have them kind of like living in what that means and still not really getting it perfect but by the end they've gotten a lot better than where they started out yeah so one of the pieces that I think sort of helped bridge that gap is that he uh, gets a boyfriend like a I don't even like would you call him a boyfriend but there's another Koyama yeah they I mean they call him his boyfriend I'm not sure if it like yeah he likes I mean Koyama really likes him yeah and it's interesting to see. So one of the things that lends weight to like the the bling trope, but why I feel like it's handled with nuance is that from what Koyama's seeing, he's just seeing a guy being an ass. Like he's seeing Kiwi being just an asshole. Like Kiwi, like when they run into each other at the theater, that Kiwi's like orchestrated the entire meet <laughs> reunion and no one knows about it yet. Basically, he approaches being like, what's up, stalker? What's up, creepy? And Koyama's like, you're so mean. Like, why are you so mean? Because it looks mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Hira also yeah. knows it's not mean. Yeah. And so that's the big that's the big thing. Is that Hira doesn't quite know that it means I love you. Let's run away and like be together forever. And braid each other's hair. And like you know whatever. But he also knows it doesn't mean. I actually think you're a creepy stalker. Right. And. Kiwi is bursting out of his skin with excitement that Hira is there. Like, he cannot even contain it. He is so excited that he is there in his, like, theater and got to see him. So, when he, he, he had to. He had to be like, what's up, stalker? Yeah. When he walks in and they show him, like, basically clutching his chest outside, like, waiting to walk in. And what I loved is that when you're in Kiwi's perspective from that moment, it's still reminds because the first time we see it is from Hero's perspective, where he's sitting there and all of a sudden, like his past giant crush walks in. And it's a visually stunning scene because that actor is a beautiful, <laughs> he's a yagi, yeah. is a beautiful man. And when he's in that like page boy cap, like his little newsies outfit and like lifts his head slowly and the light is shining on him. He looks amazing. And then when we flip it to like Kiyoe's point of view and he's looking out and he's seeing Hira's reaction to seeing him and being like, I still got it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I can still be the center of his world. There's like these two things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge relief to be like, oh my God, this is like what I've been chasing. And like, the fact is, is that like Kiwi's not chasing, like he wants to be validated by the world he wants to be important he wants to be a celebrity he wants to make it in terms of like people idolizing in him and loving him but what he really wants is to be the most important person to Hira. Mm-hmm. but he wants Hira to see him as a, and this is why i feel like it is smart is what he really wants is for Hira not to see him the same way he wants the world to see him he wants Hira to see the whole him 
all the good, all the bad, and then still love him best. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like living for that moment when Hira does that. Like in my head, I have a whole fanfic written for them for where their story goes. And it's that moment of Hira like being like, I've come into my power. Like I see you, I see you for all your flaws. And now we are ready to like take on the world together, whatever that may be. Yeah, because I feel like we had a level up at the end of season two, but there was, I was like, are we opening the door to season three? And then we've got this movie. So let's talk about the movie because you're further along in this. And I don't fully know, and I don't want to fully know yet. Like, does that fully get impacted in the movie or not? I have no idea. I don't know. So the movie came out in April or May of 2023 in Japan, obviously. I am not even joking when I tell you that I looked up flights to Japan to like (laughs) at the time of this. I was like, okay, so obviously I'm going to go to Japan and I'm going to find a theater that has this subtitled and I will watch this because that's how like big my love for this show is. I didn't go to Japan to watch it. Excuse me. And then a couple weeks ago, a streaming service in Asia dropped it. And so literally 99% of my Instagram feed is BL. And so I started seeing like clips from the movie because it had been in this streaming service. You can't get it in the US. You can't get it on like streaming services here yet. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping somebody picks it up. So that's where that stands. We're just waiting for it to come to streaming services in the West. I, I mean, I keep brainstorming. How do we do this? <laughs> because right. I need to see it. Right. Yeah. It's in a, it's a slight obsession, obsession of mine. So I feel so- that. If you are living somewhere that has that streaming service, I'm just going to put out here on a manifesting level that if you want to host like a Zoom party, this is not like illegal. It's not breaking copyright. I will buy this movie when it's available. But, you know, if you wanted to like just host like an online watch party, we're going to come and bring popcorn and hang out with you happily. Yeah, we will for sure. So, okay, this is like a very immature question, but I want to ask it. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite between the two? Like, pick a fave. Mm. Hira. Really? Yeah. I, we talked about this a little bit, but I, in our, like, love for Yoongi, and, Mm -hmm. like, I think that sort of, my adoration for Yoongi and my love for Yoongi sort of meshes with Hira and his love for Kiwi. And so I feel, I, yeah, I, I just have a soft spot for him because I've, I feel that adoration <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, I see this. Yeah, and we did talk about this a little bit about how by the end of watching this, we both separately kind of came away with this idea of like watching this movie made us reflect on our own experiences as being army within the BTS fandom. Yes. Yeah. Cause I just think of like what I would, how I would interact with Yoongi if I ever met him in real life. And it Mm -hmm. would be a complete 
hear a KOE situation where I would have no words. I would think the sun rises and sets on him. Like I, you know, like everything. I do think that after three years of living together, some <laughs> of that might come down where it does not for Hira. Like he continues to see Kiyoe as this, like, what does he call him? A star? A god? A king. He calls him king. All, all of the above he does. Yeah. He, he uses king the most, but he does star. He does the sun. He does a god. <laughs> he <Yeah>. does it all. <laughs> I just think, I think after three years of living with somebody, like there would be three years more complexity. So this is this is a rating issue. <laughs> I think that the timing, I would like to think it was three months in, not three years. Three years is like, okay, we really that starts to take the fun out of it. And I'm like, okay, we really do need therapy. Like three months, six months. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're still in our like growing pains. So I'm just gonna pretend that that's where we are because I yeah. like that version better than trying to grapple with the fact it's been years. <laughs> and he's still like freaks out when he comes home and he like Kiwi comes home and he's sleeping and like Kiwi is like, oh how cute my boyfriend is sleeping. I want to wake him up and have sex. And Hira like jumps out of his skin, apologizes for falling asleep, and then immediately is like, how can I serve you? And yes. Kiwi is like, dude, do you not understand what I'm trying to do here? Yeah, just please, 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 please stop. Uh, but then it's also endearing, like, what do you think about Mr. Suspicious? <laughs> <laughs> So Hira has an alter <laughs> ego that is known throughout the Kiwi fandom because Kiwi's like celebrity just continues to grow. Like he becomes like a full fledged, like, you know, actor idol and mm -hmm. everywhere they go, there's like fans following them that have, you know, chants like eternal and they toast to like Kiwi's eternal happiness and they begin to know that there's this dude that's always there with sunglasses on and a hat and a fan <laughs> with like, you know, love that, he just... <laughs> that he hides behind the fan and they call him Mr. Suspicious. And he's just there just loving on Kiwi and it's Hira showing up to all the events as like the ultimate fanboy. So cute. So cute. So that I, I like, I like that. It was weird and I liked it and I found it cute and endearing. And I was like, Kiwi really loves you to put up with this wild behavior at home. <laughs> right. He acted right. like Dobby from Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> and I just like, it doesn't mesh with, because in season one, we get this like montage of when they first become friends and Hira is like taking photographs with him and showing him how to be a photographer. And we see them like interacting as friends, but then there's just this like continued like obsessive, like fa fanatic love for Kiwi. And it's like, but you, you just spend an afternoon teaching him photography, like low, yeah. lower the, yeah. And there were a couple of like nice, so one thing that the drama does that's interesting and they only do it a little bit. I mean, this is a very short drama, but I thought it was a funny, I thought it was a smart choice is we net, we see that Kiwi's always being loved. Like there's always a cluster of female admirers kind of like in his orbit, either at the school or like within like the world once he's a celebrity. But mm -hmm. 
never like a per not never like a true threat relationship here it gets one for sure in season one and then in season two gets kind of like the proposition against the bathroom door by the girl who like is basically like take me home and then like hides her phone number in his pocket and like Kiwi sees it there's like ah so I did appreciate that sometimes when we're in Kiwi's POV that we have to just accept that he's an unreliable narrator to some degree mm. like we're getting his very distorted view of the world mm-hmm. because he's clearly like a cute arty weirdo and people like those <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes when it's like, what is Kiwi seeing in this? It's like, remember that a lot of the storytelling is in here, like here's mental POV, which is a hot mess. And that doesn't mean his inside thoughts are always matching like his outside presentation. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was so smart to give Hira those like people crushing on him in the drama and to like, so that we get to see him as somebody other than somebody who has an obsession over Kiwi. I liked Koyama so much that I wanted him to get a spinoff because I thought he was like a very good second male lead. So Koyama's character is he's essentially uh, in the photography club at university with Hira. He sees that Hira is talented and quirky and actually has a lovely moment when Hira goes to like introduce himself to the club and his stutter comes back. And Koyama puts his hand on his back and is basically like calms him. And then it's like, my brother had this, like, it's, it's okay. And Hira can like advance. And so there's like this nice thing of like, he only, it's very rare. He's ever like being shown doing anything problematic. The only time he does anything kind of bad is when he kind of realizes, oh my God, Hira's totally in love with you. He's never going to love me. And basically like, throws himself into Hero's arms, basically being like, no, no, love me instead. Mm-hmm. Just so we could get the mm-hmm. moment of Kiwi walking in and being like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the scene with the girl giving, like putting her number in his pocket, it was just priceless. And Kiwi was so mad. But he wanted to show off his boyfriend so bad. And then he's like, can I even do this? Can I even have a boyfriend if I get so jealous? (laughs) So the lead up to that party is another call out that I want to give, which is something K-drama has given me that I didn't know I wanted in life is I love a male fashion montage when like you take the man shopping, like crash landing on you has this, like, you know, when she takes Captain, like Sari takes Captain Ree shopping. We've had a few where, you know, they get to... It's like the reverse pretty women. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in this one, we have Kiwi basically being like, we're going shopping. Hira thinks that Kiwi is going to buy fantastic clothes for his fantastic godlike self. And instead he's like, no, I want to like make my boyfriend hot to take this party. And he's putting in here in all sorts of wild costumes. Like some are great, some are ridiculous. And it's so fun. And I felt like that was a real time that I could just see like Kiwi is like totally hot for you. And just loves dressing you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had to hide it. He's And this is, again, like a callback to just how like immature that they are. But he had to say, well, the, the people in the theater. Oh, sorry. There's okay. mowers that just went by. People in the theater group 
like say you have a good face people in the theater group say your eyes are striking and it's like just use your words like tell him that you find his eyes beautiful <laughs> tell him that you like his body <laughs> like <laughs> why is this hard? when you watch this i feel like you just end up becoming like you being both of us and like anyone pretty much who watches it it's like watching being like sebastian from the little mermaid where you're like singing like go on and kiss the girl like in the lagoon that's basically how the audience ends up reacting in this right yes and i think it's because they chose to make the relationship immature that i was way more forgiving about the fact that they don't use their words i'm mm -hmm. like they are 17 year old children who like you said earlier, had no emotional guideline for intelligence and how to communicate. And this is the consequence of that. So I was way more forgiving when they don't communicate with each other. Yeah. And I don't feel like the whole drama centers around the idea of like one of my least favorite things, which is like the big misunderstanding. I hate mm -hmm. when a drama does this. And so just I'm going to give like a side wag of the finger to wedding plan for that <laughs> which mm. we can cover at a different time but I feel like that leans in too much on the idea of this big misunderstanding like could you settle this whole conflict with a conversation if you can there needs to be a better conflict in this case it was not one big miscommunication it was the fact that they are they don't have the ability yet like you said to use their words and communicate like you would imagine a more mature lover would who's had experience like it's a coming of age story and so they're still in that space mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think one of my favorite lines in the i think it's the fourth episode because so season two is four episodes mm -hmm. and like kiwi and hira are coming back from their class reunion and kiwi looks at hero hira and he's like he's always going to be the same. So if I want to move forward, I have to change. And then he communicates with him. Then he's like, I need you to like, see me. And he had said that the night before too, of like, I want you to look me in the eye. Like I want us to stand face to face mm. and be with each other in this relationship. And so he's just like, okay, so this is how I grow now. This is how I like challenge us to like move past this stage of our relationship. And I just, for that episode four alone, this will always be my favorite JBL. Mm. So good. And then, okay, there's something that starts off season two. And I feel like it's very lightly handled, which is fine. But essentially, the season two <laughs> opens with a conversation about something we don't see much from Hira, which is apparently Hira just went to pound town the night before and is like giving some apologies. So he wakes up basically being like, I'm sorry, I was too persistent. I was too this. And you see Kiwi like is like embarrassed and like covering his face with his hands, like, oh my God. And so this point here is already kind of like backtracking, but you get a sense that like, there's times that we're not always seeing as the audience too, where Hera certainly can like step out of his subservient role because when it comes to like certain aspects, he is much more dominant. He just has to like get that desperate to get there because we also see that at the end of season two or one when he's the one that's getting QE like up on the desk and in the classroom. Yes. Yeah. 
where he gets so overwhelmed with his emotions that he is like where Kiyoi kicks him in the shin when he gets overwhelmed with him emotions Kira is like okay now we're, we're doing it yeah so <laughs> basically yes when Kira is yeah when Kira's physical needs intersect with his overwhelming love emotion that's when he can like override the voices in his head and take control and so that's another reason why i think kiwi sticks around basically is because clearly he's getting needs met yes yes (laughs) yeah and i just like this is such a little thing but they carried it from season one to season two and it's one of my favorite like pieces of this drama is that in one of the scenes in season one, they're like having a water fight in the summer mm. because they're like, you know, got punished and had to do something at the school. And so they go back to Hira's house and Hira gives them a, a blue hoodie and Kiyoi wears that hoodie for the rest of season one and the rest of season two. Like he wears his boyfriend hoodie. And I just think that's the cutest oh thing God. in the entire world. <laughs> okay so yeah why don't you pick either a the favorite or a favorite because sometimes it's hard to just have be like the pinnacle like what is your favorite moment in this or like a favorite thing in this Mm, my favorite that's tough well you're thinking i can answer too because i have mine (laughs) okay yeah you go and then i'll see okay so for me i think what makes it this isn't even like this is just me being a slight pervert, but also it just like hits me in my core, which is it's got the best finger in the mouth scene. I will, I have ever seen. I mean, like I've seen good ones at this point. Like it is a thing I like. I like when a finger goes in the mouth. I think it's hot. I didn't think a finger in the mouth scene would get better than the handmaiden, the Korean movie. I felt like that was a 10 out of 10 finger in the mouth. I really thought it set the standard. It still is. I mean, like it's a fantastic one. This one is better. <laughs> so good. So good. It's just perfection. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I have two. And it's connected because it's that moment where um, they have a fight and Hira leaves <clears throat> and goes like walking around the town all night. And then he comes home and he sleeps out in the living room and keep or Kiwi leaves and then Hira wakes up and sees Kiwi in the living room and is like, I didn't think you were coming back. And Kiwi, like, he's like, punish me, like, whatever you need to do, like, but and so Kiwi, like, gently taps him on the face and he's like, you need to look at me face to face. Like, that is what I want. We will not have sex until you actually see me as a person. And that scene combined with the one after the reunion where Kiyoi is like, he's just not ready yet. So this is like, I need to meet him where he's at. And those two are my favorite. I watch those in obscene amount of times. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I love both of those. I mean, I love so much of it. And then one that I don't know if it's my favorite, I just want to call it out because we talked about it really quickly, but the idea that Hira always kept the change from when Kiwi gave him money to go run errands. And then later when Kiwi sees it and like it's told what it is and how touched he is by it. Mm-hmm. It's like the most romantic thing he's ever seen. <laughs> Even so though he's cute. like, mm, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Because even in, like the last scene of the show, or one of the last, I mean, it is the last scene, but like Kiyoe, they're having a conversation about like job searching and stuff like that. And Kiyoe, like, it's like, I can take care of us. Like, it's okay. I'm making enough money now. But then he sees Hira and what Hira wants to do from him. And he's like, okay, then you work like a workhorse and you take care of me if that's what you want to do. And he like rubs his back. And like, it's just like, they, they see each other in that moment. And I need Hira to see who he is so badly. And I hope it comes in the movie, which is called Beautiful Man Eternal. Yes. So. I hope so. I Because, I mean, look, Hira's love language that he's going to express himself, he's an act of service. <laughs> he is acts of service. I mean, of course, there's the physical component, but he, I mean, the love he has to, like, make him dinner every night. Like, he loves to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I forgot ginger ale. I have to go get ginger ale for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Love. I mean, yes. I was just thinking, like, yeah just anything he can do it makes him feel like that's that's how he's comfortable expressing his love mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> what is qoe's love language i i mean i think it has to be Probably words of affirmation. Because mm -hmm. I mean, look, he enjoys the romantic grand gestures. He he's not showing his romance. He is not giving. He is not contributing. He his love language is not acts of service. That's not how he shows right. his love. Um, right. So I'm trying to think of like what is he doing to like. Like, where is he showing it? Because he is such a Sundari character. I do think it is the words of affirmation. They're just in like weird ways, like saying creepy, mm -hmm. but Hira knows mm -hmm. creepy is affectionate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he does think that Hira is incredibly talented when he. So yeah. I would almost say that like, you know, again, I'm not going to make like a straight shot connection over to like, Yungi, who we were talking about from BTS, who we both like. But that idea of like, there's times where he's got a reputation in the fandom of using few words of compliments. So when he does, they really matter. And I'd say this kind of reminds me of this, like parses mm -hmm. out when they when to give them, but when he says them, they come with great impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love this drama so much. <laughs> I love this drama so much. I, mean, I feel like now I'm going to rewatch season two today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you can because it's four 20 minute episodes. So yeah, like you just knock it off in an it. hour, basically. So, mm -hmm. okay, well, let's get together. Next time, I do want to talk about April and Tokyo is. And Tokyo and April is. Yes. And then uh, I am very much looking forward to the return of Personal Weatherman, which uh, picks up again this weekend. Yes, finally we get another episode. Also, I just want to give a shout out to my personal favorite drama right now, Stay By My Side. It's a bananas Taiwanese drama that I don't think enough people are watching. <laughs> so is it on IT or is it on Vicky? It's on Vicky. Yeah. Okay. It is called Stay By My Side. 
Yeah. It's okay. Taiwanese. I don't know how many episodes. There's a couple of people in the Patreon group who are watching it. They're like, man, it's okay. And I'm like, it's the best thing out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will, I will give it a I get try. Other things. I will give it a try. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like now. I'm like, every time I watch something that's this good, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's still so many diamonds out there that I just have not come across yet. Yeah. But this yeah. is in my top you, I don't know if you'll like uh, Stay By My Side. It's just like a cute fluff. It's absolute okay. perfection. So, um, Well, yeah. I've enjoyed talking to you and I'm excited to be bringing back, uh, you know, summer's at an end and it's time to snuggle in for fall and watch a bunch of BL. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, Anyang. Anyang. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A F T E R N O O N A D E L I G H T. Com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, Annyeong!